To me, photography is an art of observation. It's about finding something interesting in an ordinary place. I found it has little to do with the things you see and everything to do with the way you see them. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. Welcome to episode 111. And I do it right because I do it twice. I've already recorded this show once and the recording did not stick. Uh, I use this app called uh, Audio Hijack Pro and I paused it. And of course, pausing looks the same as recording. So I'm doing this twice. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get it better. Anyway, uh, you don't want to hear these things. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize for being uh, three days late. By the time you hear this, it will be three days then later than usually, well, two or three days usually uh, later than I, I would usually do in the middle of the month. Anyway, uh, apologies. It's just hard to get out of bed sometimes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um but I, I wanted to, uh, today's show is going to be a, a rerun of an earlier show from uh, March 2018, my episode 70. I'll just tell you about that in a minute. But I just wanted to sort of catch you up on, uh, well, where where am I in my photography week or the past couple of weeks? And uh, I just wanted to say that lately I have been uh, falling more and more in love with my iPhone uh, 11 Pro Max with the three lenses and my uh, Focos app I, I've talked about a couple of shows ago on. And, uh, yeah, you know, computational photography, uh, it's becoming a thing. Uh, and I've certainly gr I'm growing out of my uh, stuffy, uh, high on the horse, uh, computational photography is not real photography. You know, like I said a couple episodes ago, I think when I heard Bart uh, Buchatz and his uh, – Let's Talk Photography podcast when he specifically was going into computational photography. I think that was sort of a tipping point for me to sort of really get in behind it, you know. And anyway, I've been I've been going out more and more without my Fuji cameras and with just my iPhone. I carry that my phone with me all the time. And I'm doing uh, a few projects with the iPhone that, you know, I just they don't seem to fit right with the uh, with my um my mirrorless cameras. Although, well, let me think. I got I got three projects. Actually, I got a lot of projects, but the three that I'm thinking about are two of them are I'm shooting specifically with the iPhone. One of them I have been shooting with the uh, my Fuji XT and the the in the, the interchangeable lens um, Fuji cameras and my Seven Artisan lens, which is one of those cheapo lenses I really love. Uh, I've been shooting. With that, fire hydrants in the city. Uh, New York's got sort of some unique old fire hydrants that are really from like the turn of the 20th century in their shape and style. And people like to paint them. And I've been going around photographing them and asking people if they can, you know, show me, you know, in the neighborhoods where there are some really interesting fire hydrants. And I go out there and, and shoot them. And mostly I've been doing those with my with my Fuji camera, but I'm, I'm uh, keeping a watch out to, to shoot with the... Uh, with the iPhone and the uh, and the Focus app, and the other two projects are uh, one is about discarded shoes in in Brooklyn, and I'm sure in other places, people instead of throwing their shoes out in the garbage, they put them out in front of their doors, and uh, you know usually put them in a pair so people can see them, so that other people can take them. And, uh, I, and uh, <laughs> I'm 
used shoes. I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't want to go into that now, but I found them very intriguing to photograph. And uh, so I've been doing that uh, with my, actually I was doing it with my regular camera, but then I started shooting with the iPhone and the Focos app. And the other thing I've been doing, which I've been really having fun with, is uh, discarded chairs. People uh, putting their you know, old chairs in garbage piles, and they're usually just sitting there, like waiting for someone to sit, sit in them. And uh, I, I find them a lot you know, around garbage day. Uh, and I've been photographing those with, uh, with the iPhone. And the uh, iPhone 11 and Focus app are creating a look that I'm really resonating with. And it's reminiscent for me of shooting with a medium format film camera. And, uh, you know, the computational photography of the uh, iPhone, the new iPhones with the depth cameras, you know, they're, they're uh, and, and the Focus app are giving sort of this, you know, fake depth of field. But, uh, you know, is it really fake? I mean, it isn't a lens creation in the sense that the, uh, the apertures are, are causing the depth of field. What, what it is is that you know, the, the cameras are uh, recording and the sensors are recording depth information, how far away subjects are, and then using, uh, you know, computer uh, to render those backgrounds in different states of out-of-focusness to simulate an optical depth of field. But, you know, it's interesting. It's simulating an optical depth of field, but it's creating something new, and that's not simulated because it's using... It's using real depth information. So it's gathering information from the scene and then creating something with it in the computer. So I wouldn't, you know, maybe I wouldn't call it fake depth of field. Uh, I don't know what, what I should call it yet. That's the, the jury's still out on that. But the renditions of the images that I'm making are really resonating with me. And they're, and they're really the kind of things that, I mean, it's the, it's the way I, I see the images and these projects being done. And I'm shooting them all in a similar, similar way. And I'm processing them on my phone uh, using Lightroom uh, and some and some film presets because I, I, there's a certain look that I want to get, uh, that a feel to the images that I want to get, and I've been like I said I've been doing this mostly with my my iPhone, so I've been really digging this new iPhone and the computational photography, and uh, it's becoming a new favorite camera. Now this could be just a trend and it goes away. I don't think so, <laughs> um, but. And, you know, we'll see how far these projects go. But these are projects I just keep in my mind. And, I, you know, every time I see one of these objects that I want to shoot, uh, because I carry my phone with me all the time, I, I'm, able to, I'm able to do that. But, you know, uh, to geek out for a second and pixel peep for a second, when I, when I look at these images on the, uh, at least on the iPhone screen, which is a really nice screen, when I look at them really close up, they look smooth and nice. They're like, the, you know, Focus app is doing something uh, to even um, sort of keep down the amount of noise and grain in the shot. Now, I might add some grain back because I like it, but I'd be really curious how big I could blow these up. Now, I'm not intending to blow these up into uh, prints that large. Actually, I'm not even sure if I'm going to print them yet. I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, but the, the files themselves, the images on the screen look pretty good, and uh, I'd like to see how far I could push them. But it's nice to have this ability to really get in touch with the my visual voice using, you know, essentially what's a computer in my pocket with three lenses and a phone app. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it, this is uh, it, it's a really great time to be alive now with this kind of technology. And I'm really curious what the next couple of iterations of 
uh, iPhones are going to look like with what you know, what kind of lenses they're going to do, and what kind of software is going to be behind everything. Uh, and it's going to be a very interesting time. And and I'm also curious about whether or not our, this technology will end up in in you know standard cameras. Uh, I don't know how they'll do it, but you know I'm sure this kind of stuff could migrate in some way to uh, you know the cameras that we're buying and shooting with on a you know. A, the bigger cameras, so not just using uh, phones and stuff. So, you know, to be continued in a year or two and see what happens, um, you know. So, but anyway, I wanted to just update you in in that direction, uh, mainly because I don't have a big show for today, like with anything new. That's why I decided to rerun my uh, episode seventy from uh, March of two thousand eighteen, and the episode's called "The Why." And I've been thinking about this a while. This is this is an episode where I talked about why are we. Um, you know, why do we take pictures? What did I write in my my uh, in my notes? I I ponder the why in photography. Why do we care about taking pictures? Why do we want to share our photos on social media? Why do we care? Why why why? Well, it's funny because I've been thinking about this again lately, and just being in a little bit of a funk and wondering, well, why do I want to be a photographer? Do I want to keep doing this? Something keeps pulling me along. So I wanted to actually I want to listen to this episode again myself and. Uh, you know, this is a pre-holiday show, so you know maybe you want to think about why we want to, to do what we want to do. So uh, I hope you enjoyed. Again, apologies for being a few days late, but uh, please uh, re-enjoy, or for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, enjoy my 70th episode from March 2018, The Why. An article in Petapixel or, or a link in Petapixel to a, a young photographer, and I, I can't remember his name. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I'll make sure I put a link up in the uh, in show notes. That uh, and you can find it. It's a recent article. I, I'm I'm actually recording this on March 30th, so it's Friday, March 30th. Good Friday. Uh, happy holidays to all of those people who celebrate Passover and, and Easter. By the way, I just want to throw that out. And uh, anyway. Uh, so this article is recent on Petapixel, so if you searched for it, you could find it and you could see the guy's name. And it was a link to a 10-ish minute video uh, while this young photographer was walking through the woods talking about his um, experience about ditching his social media um, following or, or dumping social media altogether. And it was... Uh, somewhere in it, he described that he had uh, between Google Plus and I think Instagram and Facebook. He had something like a million and a half followers. And uh, I'll let you watch the video. It's actually worth watching. Uh, and, it, you know, nothing very exciting. You can actually just listen to it while he's walking and talking. It's almost like a visual podcast or a vlog. Uh, he was talking about how much all that social media um, was sort of bogging down his creative process. And, and, and he found himself spending more time dealing with uh, conversations that he was having in social media than even dealing with his own creativity. It's kind of a, what I got from it. And it sounds like he shut everything down just to clear out all the noise and get back to his creativity, which... From the video, I really, um, I, I believed, actually. Now, when I first heard the story, I was very cynical about it. And that's just me being 
cynical Antonio. People who know me know I might jump on that. Like, I don't believe that. And that's me just turning into a grumpy old guy, I think. I don't know. Uh, hopefully not. I don't really want to be that guy. But anyway, uh, my quick quip about that was, well, uh, you know, at a, a million and a half followers, it was too much. But uh, like at a million followers, OK, that last 500,000 followers threw him over the edge. I mean, I was really thinking, like, if you ever got to having that many people following you on all the social media, how how is how like what's your determination of. Uh, where the social noise becomes too great that you can't focus on your creativity. I mean, it was a 750,000. Was it, you know, a million, a million two, you know. And so that's me just being uh, sarcastic and grumpy. And then um, this is before I actually watched the, watched the video. And then I watched it, and uh, I tend to want to believe people when I hear them for the first time. So, you know, I, I, when I watched the video, I, I started giving him the benefit of the doubt. And by the end of the video, I, I believed him. And I don't know how he reached that many followers uh, on all of his social media. I didn't look at his photography. Uh, I really just stayed with the video. So I don't know what his pictures look like. And I don't know, like, what his purpose was to build up that much social media up until that point. Um, I know some some of what he talks about in the video is about, you know, business. And I can understand that, you know, if you're really trying to build a photography business or any kind of business, all the social media and, and outreach is now what the world sort of requires, you know. So um, so I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm I was just judging and I want to just judge. I was really just listening to what he was saying in the video and trying to go by that. And by the end of it, I believed him. And so I kind of removed my cynical uh, well, yeah, he's just a kid and wants, you know, to be, you know, have all that dopamine, which he talks about a lot, the dopamine of people liking his pictures. And I'm sure when he posts something on Instagram and he has if he has notifications on those notifications are popping up for the next 10 minutes as people are liking his picture. Um, and so this is sort of a long uh, intro to I, you know, it's like, well, you know what? Well, I, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter and I've got, you know like 2,000-ish followers on both um, Twitter and and uh, and um, Instagram. And, you know, I, I look at people who follow me and um, and I think, like, you know, I'm watching these other photographers and they have 13,000 followers and 50,000 followers and, and, and uh, you know, maybe they only have 100 pictures. And, and, and what I'm finding myself thinking about is, like, how is that possible? And I'm thinking of all the logic behind it and, what is their purpose? And, and uh, I'm like, wow, that's just a very weird thing to start thinking about. Like, um, first of all, I'm thinking about someone else and trying to compare myself to them, uh, which I think is a big mistake in the photography world. And I think in general, you know, because you want to really just do you want to be yourself and, and comparing yourself to others is a sure way to um go down a, a road which is probably not a great road to go down and that's me being a judgment but um you know I, I spent most of my life growing up without social media and without a without that kind of comparison uh and so this is a relatively new thing um in general and and i i don't think the human race has gotten used to it yet you know we're still trying to figure out what what this means but social media really is is fast tracking this idea of comparing ourselves to others and trying to uh, compare our work to others and how we stand up to others and 
And I think maybe part of what this guy was getting at in his video about social media might have had that message in it, too, about, um, you know, chasing, chasing something. And, and what are we chasing and, and why? Uh, anyway, that's this is just me talking right now off the top of my head about this. Um, and so I was thinking, OK, well, you know, I got 2000. Actually, I've, I've, I've pared down my followers on Twitter. I used to follow everybody back on Twitter. And then um, I, I've just recently started going through it and finding people who are no longer active and, and, and just unfollowing them. And not that I don't like them. It's just there's no point in having all these um, sort of accounts uh, linked to, to my Twitter account that, that aren't doing anything. And then I realized, you know, I even even the noise that comes through on Twitter. I really like Twitter, you know, and I, I sometimes keep it open on my window when I'm working at my computer, although I, it is a big distraction. And it is a con because I've got so many I'm following so many people. It is kind of a constant stream of information that comes through. But um, I sometimes put it up on my screen when I'm working at home uh, because then it makes me feel not so lonely. I don't know. It's like having a it's like having a chat window open. You know, I, I just uh, uh, working at home by myself sometimes can get a little lonely. And uh, even though I got uh, I got my cats to keep me company, my, my cat Opie is watching me right now. Um, you know, I'm a crazy cat person. You probably know that already. But uh, it's just it it me it's just like a little window out into the world. Sometimes uh, working there there are for me. Working at home by myself is is a is a privilege I have for one of the jobs I work at, but it can really get kind of lonely. And actually, with one of the jobs I have, we have a Slack um, uh, channel available, and so I, I, I talk to my coworkers through Slack, and that also helps sort of break up the loneliness. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, so Twitter, yeah, I got I got um, I, I've been cutting down on the people I follow, and I've been cutting down on followers, just knocking. Uh, Knocking some down that are just sort of there. Oh, hang on. I got I got a voice in the background. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Opie. Hey, buddy. Yeah. He keeps me company. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me with that. Um, and so uh, let me go back to the story of the guy with the social media. Okay. Right. So uh, and I, I've had this back and forth thing with Instagram. Uh, I remember first starting it a while, you know, when it, not when it first started, but like, you know, I was jumping on it and I eventually jumped on it. And then um, I didn't know what to do with it for myself. And it became um, I was looking at it and I was like, everybody's speaking a language that I don't quite understand. And it was a language of photography, of photographs, I should say, not photography. And I didn't speak the language. And I found myself it was just like being in a foreign country. And I was looking at the pictures that were scrolling through my feed I didn't know who to follow, and, and, and I was just like, what is this? I don't, it's just a lot of noise. And then it's, then I started making my own language, and I was finding that uh, nobody was really speaking it, or at least uh, I was talking and nobody was listening. And so I ended up shutting down that account. Uh, and then, I don't know, maybe I let it go dry for a year, and then uh, I went to... Um, uh, Photoville in New York and I went to a seminar and it was about um, it was about social media and I was thinking about it at that point and uh, and the, the two photographers were talking and somehow you know obviously Instagram came up and then right after that after that seminar I fired up my Instagram account again and I decided this time that I'm, I know the language I'm going to speak and it's only going to be really one voice and I'm not you know going to share pictures of you know my food and you know, where I am and, you know, uh, 
maybe not my cats or my family. Like I'm really going to spend time just showing off my photography. And I took a little while to like sort of find my voice. And eventually, because I started doing street photography, I realized that that's the place I'm going to put up my street photography and share it. And um, mainly on Instagram. You know, it does go from Instagram to Twitter and then to Facebook. So it sort of spreads a little bit. But Instagram is sort of the main place I put the work up. And I was, uh, and so I've been doing that since for, uh, I think this was 2014. I might have started up again, maybe. I was just looking at it last night. Uh, I can't remember, but it was roughly around, I think it's 2000, uh, the fall of 2014 that I started the account up again. And, and I really started to f- really hone the focus of it a little um, much more. And then I also follow, I ended up really trying to only follow street photographers or photography-oriented people, like people who are really there to take pictures and present pictures. And so the it, it was like finding the right country where I spoke the language, you know, and I... I started navigating it much better and it became it's become this thing where, you know, I even to, to today I, I post up one or two pictures a day and and I the feed that I'm getting, the stuff that I've chosen to follow is is the kind of photographs I want to look at. You know, it's a it's sort of hand picked, right? I'm not sort of looking at everybody's pictures. I'm looking at street photography and, and not only street photography, but just really people who are there to put up photographs, you know, there might be a landscape photographers in there, but it's just really, it's really photographs. It's not people doing daily things. That doesn't mean I don't see that stuff because people post up, you know, some of their daily stuff. And it doesn't mean that I don't post a shot of my cat once in a while, you know, very rarely, but you know, <laughs> I've done that very rarely. But like I did post up a shot when, when my, uh, when my cat died because it affected me and, and, and I posted up a shot with a little essay about what what this meant to me, and um, it was just my way of sort of expressing myself at the time. But uh, I don't do that generally. I keep my personal stuff sort of to Facebook mostly. Anyway, we've 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 story. Okay, so I'm listening to this guy uh, giving up his social media account. And he's got a million and a half followers. I'm thinking I only got two thousand follow. You know, uh, two thousand followers or 2300 followers on Facebook I mean on uh, Instagram and like you know I feel like I've earned them all you know I don't go off and buy them as a side note let's put here's a side note I I do have an Instagram account for my cat <laughs> his, name, his name is Opie uh and um when I got the cat when I got him I started photographing he's a very photogenic cat and I, I wanted to share it and besides putting it on Facebook I was like okay well you know what no one's saying I can't have a second account on Instagram and just make it my cat and so, like I said I'm a crazy cat lady and uh and so I put up I put up an account for him his name is Opie Kitten O-P-I-E-K-I-T-T-E-N if you if you care to go and look at his work that's his work it's me taking pictures of him he's a very photogenic cat but it also allows me then to follow other cat people on or animal people on Instagram and it's a separate account so it's a separate language and it does have a moment of expression and it's all for fun and I actually enjoy doing that I enjoy putting up pictures and speaking as if I'm speaking um, as Opie the cat or Opie a kitten he's still a kitten to me and and you know I, I go and he gets followers he's got 368 followers now and he put up close to 300 pictures of him I think I can't remember the numbers exactly and it's fun. It's a little world, and I'm fun. It's it's a play world, and it and it enjoys me. It gives me that outlet because I love taking pictures of my cats. You know, I think that's why digital cameras were invented, by the way, to take pictures of cats. Probably why the internet was invented. 
uh, I, as, again, as another side note, I used to take lots of pictures of my cats with film, and I realized that was a big expense. And when digital came in, it was like, wow. And then when I got an iPhone, even better. You know, it's like I look at my iPhone now, and half the pictures there are pictures of me and this cat. But he loves me, and it's a, it's a long story. I won't get into it. But I enjoy taking pictures of it. Also, when I buy a new lens, I and generally a new lens or a new camera and a new lens, I some of the first pictures I'll take are of a cat. Um, one of my cats. There's a couple of reasons, mainly because it's a very great way to test the sharpness of the lenses. I, you know, I photograph on their eyes, and you can actually see how sharp the lenses are, plus their fur and uh, dynamic range. A little bit on the pictures. One of my cats used to be black and white, and used to be able to see how much uh, um, range was. Anyway, uh, sorry, I go off <laughs> a different note here. Um, so recently on my on my uh, Opie's uh, Instagram account, I, I had a couple of followers. That was like, hmm, because usually I get followers following his account that are that are other cat people or dog people or animal people, you know, they'll like follow. And I saw two that popped up uh, yesterday. I might have even posted this on Twitter yesterday. It was yesterday that were photographers. And I was like, hmm, what the hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that the photographers don't like cats. Sure. But it's like a rare thing to see. You know, like on his Instagram account, suddenly there's two photographers and actually they popped up in. Uh, proximity to each other so they showed up as two extra followers so I tapped on their accounts I was like okay what's going on and I tapped on their accounts and I saw one photographer had either like 10 pictures posted and had something like I'm gonna get this wrong exactly but something like 14,000 followers and was following was following I can't remember how many not as many maybe a thousand or a couple thousand but anyway there was like 14,000 followers I was like what What's going on here? And I looked at his pictures, and his pictures had nothing to do with cats. It was just whatever. And then I looked at the other photographer, and it was something similar. It was a large number of followers, and uh, I think a larger number of people they were following, and not as many pictures. And I was like, ah, now I'm not stupid. You know, I'm thinking, okay, well, here's a couple of people who are um, are kind of interested in having. Like there's no I am I, reasonably sure there's no way they were looking at the shots of Opie and saying, yeah, I want to follow this cat. You know, I know I take decent pictures of him, but it's still a shot of cats and like who really cares? And these photographers looked a little bit like to me, um, the story I'm making up. And of course, it's a made up story. These people could have liked cats as far as I was concerned. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But this it looked, you know, you can kind of look at something and say, you know. You know, you can put a sheet over an elephant and say, well, that is, you know, it's a giant, uh, you know, tablecloth, but there's there's an elephant underneath it. You can kind of take a guess at it. So uh, I, I was looking at these people and I was like, you know what? They're either they're either buying followers or they're trying to build up a following by just following everything that they can possibly follow. And so somehow the numbers meant a lot to them. And and so that gave me so that in turn also with the video that of the photographer that I just watched. Um, you know, it's inevitable, excuse me, this is going to be an obsession. It's inevitable. I start recording and I get fire engines outside. You hear them? Yeah. Right. Anyway, it probably doesn't bother you guys as much as it bothers me. So sorry, I'm just obsessing about it. Now that you've heard it, now you can only, you can only hear it. But anyway, so that in conjunction, you know, there's two followers for Opie's account. And then this other guy's social media thing really got me thinking about, about, Instagram specific social media in general and, and Instagram specifically. And I started going through my account and I was looking at it. And I was like, I followed a lot of people on Instagram because there was a lot of photographers I like to follow. And I think I might cut those down. 
And, you know, I've got 2,300 people following me. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I might leave that. I'm not sure. But then I realized I had something like 3,000 pictures on there, right? And so I'm like, wow, that's a lot of shots. And I, I basically go up there and I put all my pictures, you know, up there. And I don't take them down. And I was noticing that other photographers seem to have a smaller amount of pictures uh, on their on their Instagram sites. So I was thinking, all right, you know, I probably ought to go through my pictures and start removing stuff, you know, cut down from the 3,000. I mean, if anybody wants to look at my portfolio, you know, they can see it. But that's a lot of stuff to scroll through. And I was like, all right. Um, so instead of removing followers or, or anything, I said, let me start working on my pictures, you know, because it's a lot. It's a lot to look at. So uh, Instagram is a really pain in the ass um, interface to go through on a phone. And like I want to go all the way back to the bottom. I was scrolling. I can't remember how long I was scrolling for. And I went back down and I noticed some of my I finally got to the bottom. And I noticed some of my first pictures were really kind of a mess. This is the this is the second iteration of Instagram for me. So even though I said I was more I thought I was more organized and, you know, I thought it was more targeted and it wasn't really targeted, you know, and eventually I started getting targeted. But there was a point where I was like, OK, this is like I'm shooting pictures of clouds and got a couple pictures of me and like, wait a minute, I thought, I thought really I was more organized. So I I started deleting them and then I realized I don't have to delete them. Um, Instagram has an archive button, which actually I don't even know what it does. But it's not delete, right? And so I thought archive. All right, archive means it's probably going to take them out of the flow. And so I started archiving them. And I was like, okay, through my through my um, bottom of my list, I started archiving, just taking everything out of the out of it. I wasn't even using any criteria. And then I started thinking, okay, well now I got to as I started going through the list, going uh, up um, forward in time on my uh, Instagram timeline, I started to have to think about some criteria. I didn't want to just delete willy-nilly. And I also didn't want to sit there and look at a picture saying, yeah, that's a really nice picture. I should leave it up. And so I, I said, I, I have to have some criteria to, to go by to make it a kind of a quick edit. And so I started using the number of people who liked the picture. And I again, it was just a, uh, you know, let me look at them and let me come up with a number and, and use that as my criteria. And I decided to come up with the 100. If there was 100, uh, you know, likes on a picture, I kept it in the stream. If there's below 100, I'm archiving them. And I'm using that now. I went through and I've deleted. I spent, I stayed up last night in bed doing this, uh, archiving the pictures that had um, below 100 likes. And don't ask me why. It was not. It was not because I want to have things that look like 100. I thought 100 was a number that would help sort of divide my my collection up. And and I don't get a lot of likes on my pictures. So I might get, you know, if it's a good if it's a good day, I might get uh, or if it's a good image, I should say, I might get like 150. Rarely do I get 200. Uh, I have a few that might be like. A few. I mean, literally, like two or three that might be in the four hundred range, but average, average is like a hundred ish. Okay, and so that I was thinking about that. And I was like, okay, that might make a good number for me to, to, to art to use as a criteria to archive. And so I went like literally halfway through it. I'm looking at it this morning. I fell asleep with my phone in my hands doing this, and I um. 
I ended up with like 1,700 pictures when I was done, and I'm still going through it. You know, I'm not I, I'm not done with it. I just this is all I could do before I fell asleep. Anyway, my my point was that. Uh, you know, having some criteria to, to knock down the amount of uh, images that I was sharing was is something that uh, I wanted to I wanted to sort of address this thing about about um, social media and photography and what is it what is it doing to me and and you know by extension what is it doing to you and everybody else uh, and it's based on what this guy was talking about how a million and a half followers was giving him a little adrenaline boost, a dopamine boost every time someone would like his picture and how the conversations, he had to spend so much time doing that. And I, I, I just, I think, it's funny because I totally flipped. I went from being cynical about it to saying, okay, let me think about what he's talking about. And this is somebody who's giving us a lesson from way up high, right? He's someone who's got you know, had a, a million and a half followers, probably people could pay him money to do things and, and whatnot, and it was taking him away from his creativity. And I started thinking about the same thing um, about that. But this is my stream of consciousness talk. Sorry, you know, this is, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna experience this today. But uh, I'm going through the shots, right? Um, so I'm thinking about social media and whatnot, but I'm going through thoughts, and it's a 3,000-shot archive over, you know, four years right and i'm looking at the pictures and now like you know from the beginning i started having pictures that weren't quite focused then i started seeing the street photog photography and the, the, the stuff that was more focused and what i was trying to say and i started seeing pictures of people who you know are in my neighborhood i shoot mostly in my neighborhood and i was like you know what i started seeing people i'm like i haven't seen these people recently you know and some of them are older people some of them are are, are people who you know I, I used to see on a daily basis and now I don't see anymore. Now, frankly, my schedule has changed on a daily basis, so I'm not necessarily going out at the same time every day. But still, there were some people who were not on my schedule that I would see all the time and I would photograph and I don't see them anymore on the streets. And it really got me thinking about about this. Um, one, one woman I photograph, I've taken a bunch of shots of her. She's she always walks around disheveled a little bit and she looks like she's really out of it. And there's something really amazing about the way she looks. And again, I'm, I'm photographing people not to, ex people are going to say I exploit them. And my, you know, some people say you're exploiting people for your own good. And you know, there's a, there might be an argument to that. Uh, and I won't, I don't want to get into that now by myself because it's weird. But anyway, um, where was I going with this? Uh, exploiting shots of people. I, 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 oh, so this woman, I, I see her all the time, and she's just incredibly photogenic in the sense of she's just an incredibly interesting-looking person. And every time I see her, she's got a cigarette dangling out of her mouth. She looks, she's asking for money sometimes. I don't think she's homeless. Um, so I don't know what her backstory is, you know, and maybe that's part of the problem with a lot of my pictures, if not most of them, is like there's no backstory to it. This is not humans. I'm not shooting humans of New York here. I'm standing there talking to people. And that might be in the future for me. I, I don't know. Um, because certainly as I'm looking at the pictures, I don't know everybody's story. I have to make them up in my head because I don't know what's going on in, in their lives. Um, and I don't know that that's my purpose yet. Every now and then I will see this person and she'll she'll be doing something in such a way that I was like, wow, that's really photogenic and I, I take a picture of her. Anyway, so I'm going back through the pictures 
I'm just using her as an example, and I'm seeing how she's changed over the past four years. Uh, and there's been dramatic changes. You know, I think I photographed her recently in the past month or two, and I looked at the shots that I shot four years ago. And life might be a little harder for her, so her her um, her life might be showing up on her body and her face a lot more than maybe most people. I don't know. But I was like, whoa, you know, there's probably nobody I'm making this up again, but like, let's go with it. Right. I don't know if there's anybody in her life or maybe the lives of a lot of people I'm photographing on the street that there's anybody who is going around documenting these people over a course of time, you know, um, taking pictures of them over uh, the, you know, I, I'm going to take a stab at it. The, this woman does not have a personal photographer traveling with her in her house photographing her, you know, once every month or so uh, doing things, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, I might be the only person recording this person's life on the streets of Brooklyn and showing uh, what's going on with her over time, at least visually and at least on the streets in the few blocks that I have, you know. Um, and, you know, you could look at a, you could put all the pictures together and you can make up some sort of story that doesn't matter but there is a visual record of this person changing over time. And then I was looking at a few other people and it's like, oh, this photograph, this old woman who lived in my block. And I don't see her anymore. I'm like, OK, what's up with that? Is she still alive? Did she move? Um, and I'm noticing that across the board, there's a bunch of people that I've, I've taken pictures of. And I really thought about this. This thing about what I'm doing and and recording, and it really got me into this another thought process, which. I'll, I'll sort of weave into it. It's like, why am I taking pictures? Why am I taking these pictures? Um, to go back into this thing, I, 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 like I said, I knocked out about 13, maybe about 13 or 1400 shots last night. It took me forever, really. And uh, again, I was just archiving. I wasn't deleting them. I don't know where the archives go. And I don't know if people are going to have access to the archives other than me. Um, and I wasn't deleting them off my hard drive. So I mean, this is just getting them off Instagram so that the clutter is not so much, but um, you know, at some point in time, you know, these are going to be the only pictures of these people, perhaps, uh, that are, are taken by somebody else, not in their immediate family. And again, I, I've got pictures of a whole bunch of people who have photographed over time because I know I walk the same streets every day and a lot of us have the same routine. And so if I'm walking by in the morning, I'm photographing this one guy who's waiting on McDonald Avenue for a car and he's always standing there and it's always giving me something different to photograph, a different pose. And, uh, you know, who who is who is documenting this gentleman in the in the street on a, you know, on a weekly or monthly basis? There's probably nobody. It's not, you know, not a lot of us walk around with photographers who are taking pictures of them, you know, on a on a regular basis. I mean, this is not to say we're not getting family pictures and whatnot, but um, this this, you know, outside source is, is creating pictures and creating a, an archive of of life and. You know, I'm thinking about the the why, and it got me thinking about why am I taking pictures? You know, what what is like I'm, today? I'm taking street pictures, and uh, I'm addicted to it in a way. I like photographing people. I love showing. It's kind of why I like Instagram too, because it's one of the ways. It's a, the only way I can really share in what my world is like with the rest of the world. You know, and it's it's kind of opened windows up for me to see how other people live. You know, that's kind of part of the idea of photography is to share this this um what we see in front of us with other people you know it's just like this is where i live this is what i do 
these are the things I've seen and and yeah, here you go. Take a take a look at this stuff. But it definitely got me thinking about the the why of taking pictures. And uh, yeah, sorry, this is I told you it was gonna be a stream of thought. I don't know where it was gonna lead. And I I looked up this morning. Was I well? I'm, trying, I'm still trying to think about why I'm taking the pictures. So that's that's gonna be my work from now. You know, trying to figure out why why am I a photographer? Why am I taking pictures? And I started taking pictures when I was or I started. Thinking of yeah, started taking pictures. I don't know, I, a long, long, long time ago. I, mean, I, I remember always having a camera, but it, the, the serious part of it was when it, my dad convinced me to go to his friend's studio to learn how to print, and that was kind of the the I, I'm going to say the marking moment of like when I sort of took it a little bit more seriously. But you know, I wasn't. I don't know if I was thinking about it as a job. I think I think back then it was like, oh, this is a really cool thing to do, and like this is like a great thing to learn. Like you know, watching pictures come up in the dark room is magical, right? You know, for those of you who have had that experience for the first time, there there is no other experience like watching a print come from you know nothing into something in a bath of liquids. Um, digital photography, there's nothing like that in digital photography. I mean, it, it's it, there is a magic to having worked in analog and print that I think, um, you know, photographers today growing up uh, are never going to have um, unless they choose to because digital photography just does not have that magic. There's a magic in a different way, but um, I'm not sure what it is because I sort of evolved into digital photography, so I don't know the the magic part of it. And I've been involved in computers for all my, for you know, since the beginning, you know, Commodore and early Apple computers. So it's like, Digital has been part of my life as well, so I don't know what the magic is of the f- digital photograph yet. Someone will might want to tell me what that is. But with analog and film, there is nothing like that whole process of of putting film in a camera, uh, uh, developing it yourself, and um, going into a dark room and smelling the weird smells of the chemicals and the egg smell of the fi- you know the vinegar sorry the vinegar smell of the fixer. Um, sorry, the fixer, stop bath, stop bath. (laughs) See, I'm already losing my mind. Uh, You know, getting your hands wet and then watching a piece of paper from like a white piece of paper change into a into an image. There's there's nothing like that in photography now. I don't think. Um, If there's anybody out there who wants to correct me or let me know, that's that's fine. I just my experience are there's there's nothing like that anyway. Where was I going with this? With the ma- with the magic part. Yeah. So the I think the why for me when I started was just it was really a cool thing to do and start seeing this magical thing like you know you go out and you take a picture and you wait you know you have to wait a little while uh, for it to appear as a photograph because you had to develop it and you had to process it and whatever and so it wasn't an automatic thing and so I think that's kind of what led me down the road and I, I went to I, I've said this before but I went to a vocational photography a, a school an arts vocational school that taught me photography but it was a school that you were learning photography as a skill to do out go out in the world and do something you know so I'm going to take pictures in catalogs or magazines or whatever I'm I'm going to create the stuff that uh, you know there's a need for someone to learn how to use this complicated stuff called you know photographic equipment and go out there in the world and do something with it 
you know, I may find an art in that, but um, that's kind of what my my upbringing was, you know. And then it became, you know, uh, I don't know if it ever became an art as much as it was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do, you know. And in the process, I might have found an art in it uh, and a way of expressing myself. But I think for me initially, it was like doing this thing to, um, you know, because it started off as cool and I knew how to do it. And then, you know, okay, well, I can make money at it and I can work at some place that can, uh, I can use those skills. And yes, there's an art to, a uh, subjective art to looking at the imagery and, and deciding what to do with it. Uh, and then my own creation of photography is like, you know, well, uh, this is great because someone, I'm going to take pictures with this stuff that I know how to use and someone's going to pay me how to, you know, pay me money to do it. And so like, I don't have to become a plumber or a, you know, an architect or something like that. This is, this is what I can do. Um, and so all along that time, and this is, may not be true, but I'm thinking about like, what, well, what's the why, you know, is it only because I was trying to make money? Is it only because I'm trying to express myself? And I don't know what that why why is like why am I photographing people now you know it's an obsession in some way I love photographing and looking at people this is so different than what I used to do I never used to photograph people so much but why why am I why am I doing this and it can't only be to express myself I can't only be that I want to show everybody else where I live it's not that it doesn't those you know I put those on today as I'm thinking about talking to you guys about this and and they don't quite fit you know they fit okay but they're not they're not kind of tailored yet. And so I, I did a quick looking up. Uh, I just went and Googled, and like, why why do we take pictures? You know, <laughs> I was thinking about that like, and seeing if I could find anything. And you know what came across the boards a lot? was like, I was like, well, you know, because you photograph uh, to record memories and, and uh, events and to, you know, express yourself. And But all those seemed kind of, I mean, everybody was saying the same thing. They all seemed kind of the same. And I was like, that can't quite be it. Uh, so before I get into what I found, one thing that was really, a couple of things that were interesting, but um, and boy, this is 42 minutes. I'm 42 minutes in your head. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. It might be an hour of you hearing me. Sorry about that. <laughs> but I think loyal, you know, loyalty, you guys will stick with me with this. Um, something has to be more to taking pictures than just capturing memories. Now, a lot of people are doing that today. One article I came across was people are, are using photographs to move out of the moment and to replace their memories. And that made a lot of sense to me. Even when I was shooting film, I went on a trip once to, uh, a long trip with my ex-wife to Holland and Germany. And I shot a lot of pictures. I mean, I shot, you know, I brought hundreds of rolls of films with me. And I got back and, and, at some point I'm looking at the pictures and I'm remembering like, this is exactly what I remember seeing. And I, and then I remembered at that point that my whole, a lot of the way I was experiencing this trip to Europe and it was my first, first time to Germany was that I was experiencing through the um, frame of a camera. So I was shooting uh, this city. I'm going to get this wrong. Maybe in my head. Um, it was a river, a city on the, uh, across a river, there's a, a very famous bridge going across it with these lions or something on it. It's like a very old bridge. It's a very old, I want to say Heidelberg um, might be the city. Beautiful city. And I was on one side of the river photographing it. I remember I was shooting with Velvia Film, which for those of you guys who are film people, remember it was a Fuji film stock that came out. It was ISO 50. So it was really, it was really, really, really fine grain film. 
and I had a really good Nikon lens. And I remember shooting across the river, and I remember I could read the license plates of the cars across the river. I was like, wow, this is insane. When I got that film back, I remember like that was my memory. My memory was that viewfinder shot. It wasn't looking at the entire town. Uh, it wasn't looking at the entire city. It was that little framed, you know, two, 300 millimeter frame that I shot. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know what? A lot of my memories are like, especially traveling, were of looking through a viewfinder, not experiencing the entire thing. I mean, I might have experienced the entire thing in my head at first by looking at the scene. But then I decided when I where I focused was with my camera. And that became the memory. That became the really tight memory. Now, that's not always the case. Uh, I'm going to give myself some credit here. I mean, I'm not always thinking I'm viewing and remembering through my camera. But a lot of the memories were through a camera. So, uh, you know, and I might have been like on a job then or I might have been thinking I've been on a job. I was shooting for a stock agency. So I want to make the pictures really nice and look like, you know, magazine covers or whatever like that, you know, inside of a magazine. So I was shooting framing for that purpose. Uh, and thinking that was my, you know, my purpose rather than, you know, experiencing the place itself and maybe not taking pictures. You know, today, taking a lot more pictures than and we're all taking a lot more pictures. Everybody's got a camera in their pocket. Everybody's picking it up and using it. Are we using it to replace our memories? And um, I read an art. I read a quick article this morning that was uh, through NPR um, uh, National Public Radio. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure I put a link in that. And it was talking about how how people are picking up cameras and they are replacing their memories with it. And people who photograph something are having a hard time remembering the thing they photographed. So that's really interesting. That's a, you know, it's a very, very interesting thing. And, and there's more of us taking pictures than ever before. You know, we're not just the crazy uncle going to the Grand Canyon now. Everybody's got a camera and everybody's taking pictures and everybody's sharing them on Instagram or Facebook or Flickr or something like that. And the flood of memories that are coming in is just insane. And are we actually remembering what we photograph? Are we really paying attention to to the the scenery? So, um, so I started thinking about that, and um, anyway, going back to the you know why do we take pictures? The one article I found uh, it was a blog post eight years ago, and I was actually trying to find posts from a long time ago, longer than like you know, um, I was actually trying to find. I just looked through this quickly. I only the, this is the oldest one I found in my short search was one that was eight years ago from a website uh, called sushicam.com. It was like, why do we take pictures? Um, I don't know who the writer is. Uh, and it's a blog post. I'll have to find more information about this. But um, this person wrote something. I'm going to see if I can read it here. Uh, I'll just read this verbatim because uh, it'll lead into the next thing. Because Okay, so they wrote, um, I know that for me, I am always amazed at how much detail is captured in a single still image. Details that I was not able to notice at the time I created the image due to either distractions of sound and motion or just the fact that we are all limited by the amount of information we can take in and process at any given time. Then it goes on to say, maybe it's a way for us to make a statement that I was here, I existed. The proof is in our pictures. We document our lives, our experiences, not necessarily for the purpose of sharing them with others, but more as mental cue cards to help us recall with greater, greater clarity the experiences of our lives. Memory is malleable, and over time details become lost or changed. And what we remember may not actually be what was. So now that gets into the we take pictures to remember by, right? And, and I was just saying that you know there, there are these ideas that we are replacing memories with photographs. But 
going back to what you said, uh, maybe it's a way for us to make a statement that I was here, I existed. I, when I saw that phrase, I linked it back to me deleting my pictures from Instagram and these pictures of people who um, I, I see on a daily basis and I have multiple pictures of or people I, I've taken pictures of and I no longer see them in the shots or I no longer see them on the streets on a daily basis. It makes me wonder what happened to them. And thinking about these people probably don't have photographer people in their lives taking pictures of them every day or recording them, you know, maybe not at a family event, but just sitting around. Because, you know, the, you guys know my photography. It's basically just people walking the streets doing their thing. That's what I'm recording. I want to record somebody just being themselves. And, you know, most of the time, let's say, you know, if you're taking family pictures, it's at a family event. You know, we, let's get the picture. Let's everybody take the picture. You take the picture and you have the memory from, oh, that you know, that Easter meal that we had or the holiday, you know, um, out in, you know, uh, Grand Canyon. This is us all there. And and that those are the memories. Those are almost um, begging to have pictures taken of them. That's what they're they're almost that's what they're for. In fact, you could almost argue we go out there, we go and have these events and stuff so we can take pictures of them. I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing that out into the world. But, you know, walk in the street, Picking up your groceries, walking your dog, you know, opening your car door. I mean, those are not things that are generally um, memories that we we care to have or we, we don't really care. We They're not memorable moments unless you something happens while you're opening your car door or while you're walking in your dog and then the memory kicks in. But I'm out there recording these things of people doing the, their ordinary whatever between those moments, between the memorable moments. You know, there are photographers recording them and, you know, this idea, not only I'm recording because I was there, but they're there and they existed, you know, and I wonder if that is what's going on with a lot of people when they're taking pictures is they're they're not just trying to record a memory or something that they see. They're also the subtext of that is I was here and I existed and I mattered, you know. Think about that for a minute. Um, I, I don't know if that is always the case. You know, sometimes we're, we're taking pictures because we have a, we're working on a job or we have a we're, we have a project we're working on or something like that. But maybe the underneath part of all this is that um, and, and, you know, this sort of maybe goes back to this idea of the social media and, uh, you know, sort of our presence in the world is that we want it. We want to we, we want to matter to people you know we want to share experiences maybe we want to have more likes and stuff like that because we want people to not just say okay you're you're you know yeah your pictures are great and we love you and blah 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 but there's somehow that we acknowledge that you existed you know and you know, photography can be a very lonely experience you're out there by yourself uh taking pictures sometimes if you're not part of a group um you're certainly certainly even if you're in a group you're, you're in your own head and you're looking at something and you're composing something and somehow sharing that uh, experience of taking a picture by, by actually showing a picture is uh, giving some validation to the fact that you existed in your life and that you're there at that moment. And it's not just a memory for you to remember, but you know your pictures are going to live on most likely longer than you. Um, that's another story for another podcast, for another practical thing about how do we, how do we maintain our pictures into the future for uh you know 
for future generations. I, I, I am thinking now, I'm arguing in my head as I'm t- saying this, is that places like Flickr and Instagram are one of the ways we can do that. Because unless you're printing out your pictures and you're storing them in a box at home, you know, your images are, are going to exist only on your hard drive. And it can guarantee you that your ancestors are not going to keep copying your pictures to future mediums. So maybe if your pictures are out there in the world in some sort of Internet archive, that they exist someplace, that they may be able to be found and seen by somebody in the future. But somehow that ties back to you and says, I, I existed at this moment and I, this is what I saw and, and it mattered. Uh, it mattered enough to me to, to record it and therefore it should matter to you. So is, is it the moments? Is it not just the moments that are spectacular and newsworthy and things that are going on, but the moments of uh, details of things that you see every day that, you know, people walking their dogs and, and the, the, the cat is chasing the butterfly and the, you know, the, the rainbow is over the Grand Canyon and whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, so I'm not pretending to even answer, touch the, this point of like, why do we take pictures? Um, and there's, God, there's a whole bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about, um, go into, but I'll, I'll leave that for another, for another show, another stream of consciousness show. Um, and somehow this all ties in with, you know, me doing the podcast and, and me and Tom doing what we did and switch to manual. And the idea that, uh, you know, part of what we want to do is teach the practical parts about this and, and, and help people get their skills better so that they could express themselves better so that they can share with people what matters to them. And, you know, we all need some help going through that. Is it guidance for, you know, how to use this complicated stuff that we have to sit in front of and hold in front of our face is this these mechanisms so i don't know it kind of all it all ties together i'd like to hear from you guys um about what what it is that drives you to take pictures i really want you to think about it it wasn't can't just be about memories and for me it can't be just about like what i tell one of my classes is that it's it's so that i can share with you what i see in a uh, on a daily basis there's got to be something more to it. There's got to be something uh, below the surface that makes makes us uh, decide to to do this. And you know what? In a lot of the cases, the pictures that you take are, are going to be unique and nobody else is going to take shots. I mean, we're all going to take shots that look similar to other people, but there are going to be the things that are uniquely yours and that will stand out in the world as something that proves that you existed at that time, you mattered, and... Uh, this is what you saw, you know, and it's uniquely yours and that will always be yours in the future. You know, you know, you'll look at, uh, you know, somebody, you know, 200 years from now is going to open up an Internet archive and look through Instagram and see, you know, your shot of whatever. And it might make some impression on them. And that is going to be, you know, you wouldn't have existed in their mind until that moment, until they saw your picture. All right, I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing my discussions of the why of photography. Uh, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be continuing this uh, thought process for a little while, and uh, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see what I come up with uh, in the new decade. <laughs> why am I a photographer? Why am I shooting? And yeah, uh, we uh, hopefully uh, we got I got one more show before the end of the year. I'm uh, not sure what I'm going to do for that yet, so uh, please be patient. And, for next year, I do plan to have uh, 
a lot of my uh, my uh, unusual photographer, unusual collective photographer friends uh, on the show, especially Ward, and doing some deep dives with photographers. And hopefully, I get some really good photographers to interview. I got a couple in mind. I just got to call them and ask them uh, if they want to be on. I'm sure hopefully, they'll, they've said yes before. I just haven't followed up through them. So anyway. Uh, so today's quote at the beginning of the show was from Elliot Erwitt, uh, one of my favorite photographers, and who still owes me a signed print of the two dogs sitting on the uh, stoop with the uh, human legs. Uh, well, anyway, his agency, Magnum, they owe me the print. Um, he's supposed to sign it. I bought it like a year and a half ago. I haven't signed it yet. Um, so I'm hoping for that soon. Anyway... Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode and past episodes at streetshots.photography. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at amrosario and on Flickr at amrosario. And I'm also on Facebook at Switch to Manual and Rosario Photo. And you can also find me with my fellow brothers in light over at the Unusual Collective. Go check out the site at unusualcollective.photography. I want to also plug my fellow Unusuals podcasts. I got Mac at Shutter Time with Sid and Mac, usually Dave and his adventures in creativity, and finally, Brian Manier and his show, We the Creatives. You can subscribe to them all uh, by clicking the links at the bottom of the show notes or iTunes or Stitcher or any place that has podcasts. Go check them out. Uh, I love all their shows, my fellow unusuals. And if you'd like, you can send me some un some exposure bucks. Exposure bucks? <laughs> by going to iTunes and rating and reviewing the show and telling your friends about Street Shots. I'd like to get more people listening to what I have to say. And uh, you know what? Drop me a line on the new website and let me know if you like what I'm doing or if there's ways I can prove it or if you just want to chat. Uh, if you have any suggestions for topics or photographers you want me to talk to uh, or hear about, just let me know. And you know what? Finally, the Street Shots theme music was written and produced by Phyllis Audio. You can find out more about the creative genius at Phyllis Audio at phyllisaudio.com. That's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S audio.com. And anyway, this is a, a show prior to the uh, Christmas holidays. So if you celebrate those holidays and whatever holidays you celebrate, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or I don't know, there's probably numerous end of year holidays that I don't know about. Have a good one, and I will see you prior to the new decade. And until next time, keep shooting and working at it because things will begin to happen.